Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's backbone. Welcome to episode 49. Our special guest is Beth Johnson Nicely. Well, hello, Beth Johnson Nicely. <laughs> how are you doing today? Good, how are you, Brad? I'm so excited. Thank you for doing this. Of course. You reached out me. to me and said that you were yeah. listening, and yeah. we're friends and yeah. we've worked together. So whenever I get a call or a text from someone, that knows me and says I'm listening is yeah. it just makes me really happy. Oh, good. No, I love it. You learn so much through listening for either about an hour. You yeah. Do, yeah, they're, yeah, I love it. I'll be in my apartment cleaning or, you know, doing something and just listen to the podcast. And it's just very interesting. Well, excellent. Well, now people yeah. learn about you. Oh, yeah. So I'll start off by <laughs> reading your credits. Okay. Uh, so you were a Rockette. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Broadway, you were in Spamalot, mm-hmm. White Christmas, mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Bullets Over Broadway, and uh, just recently you closed Something Rock. Yeah, yeah. Great. And any other credits you're proud of that I missed? Um, my my very first professional job, the National Tour of 42nd Street. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So where are you from and how did you get started? So I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I've been dancing my whole life. Classic, age three, pre-ballet <laughs> class, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, go through the dance studio, and then um, my you know, in choir, show choir, musicals, that kind of thing. Um, my sister is a vocal performance education major at Ohio Western University. And so I started, when she was in college and I was in high school, I started studying with her voice teacher. Okay. Yeah. Which was great because... I know it's so funny. I was like a fourteen-year-old learning Italian arias, which is great. That's <laughs> you know, it's a good baseline, yes. you know, vocally. And um, so I studied with him. And then my junior and senior year of high school, I quit my dance studio, and because um, I just wanted to focus just on dancing and instead of competitions and all that kind of stuff. It was a great program at Otterbein College in Westerville, Ohio. They have a great dance program, and I went half day. They had a pre-freshman program. I went half day academics at my high school and half day the dance department oh wow yeah so I started getting college credits and you know taking dance in their dance department and doing some dance performances there through that college then here's the big story Ooh. of how I got into the business yes um I don't know if I've ever told you this I but, don't think um, so. uh so my dream my lifelong dream was to be a Radio City Rocket. so my senior of high school the spring of my senior year of high school I was 17 my parents let me and two of my friends go to New York by ourselves for the audition. The touring Rockettes were auditioning. So we came to New York and we got here in New York and we were like, what do we do? Um, and so we got tickets to see the revival of 42nd Street that was... Oh, yes. At the, it's now the Lyric Theater. Um, so we got tickets to see um, that show there and afterwards we stood outside the stage door to get autographs on our playbills. Of course. Of course. The door guard, I think, heard my friends talking amongst each other that I was like, here for an audition, or like, you know, dancer, singer, blah, blah, blah. And she randomly handed me her invitation for the year anniversary party at the Rainbow Room that evening. It was like a Sunday matinee show, and they were like having a party at the Rainbow Room for the year anniversary of the show on Broadway. And I'm, I'm not like a big schmoozer. I'm like, I'm just, you know, like I prefer to be at home on my couch with my dog most of the time. But, um, <laughs> you know, of course, 17 from Ohio, I was like, oh my gosh, what? And my friends literally were like, you're going, you have to go. So I went by myself to the Rainbow Room. And I remember walking in, obviously knowing nobody. Yeah. I remember if I would have blinked, tears would have come down my cheeks because I was so nervous. You know, like you're so nervous, you yes. start crying. Yes. Um, and I was like, don't blink, don't blink. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get in the food line. And I just remember there were like celebrities and Broadway people. And I was like 17 from Ohio, like, what is happening? But I got food. And then I was like, where am I going to go next? And literally, every, like every seat was open. Or maybe the only seat I saw that was free yeah. was um, next to Meredith Patterson, who was playing Peggy Sawyer at the time. Oh, yes. Yes. So I very innocently walked up and was like, hi, I'm Beth. Do you remember me from the stage door this afternoon? And <laughs> <laughs> she was so nice. Um, yeah. She took me under her wing the whole night. 
It was kind of like a movie set because I had no silverware and like the ca- a cater waiter saw me and like slipped me a pair of silverware to eat like my piece of meat that I'd gotten on my plate. <laughs> and I remember Meredith's boyfriend at the time being like, can I get you a drink? And I immediately was like, I don't drink. You know, like I was like such like a 17 year old from Ohio. He was like, like Sprite or anything. And I was like, oh, that's fine. But anyways, <laughs> uh, Meredith Patterson, she took me under her wing the whole night, introduced me to Mark Bramble, the director. And he was like, Oh, you'll have to send me your headshot and resume. And I whipped it out of my purse. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, obviously, never would I do that now. But I was so innocent and naive and clueless. I was like, yes, for my headshot and resume. I have it in my purse, you know. And literally, my headshot, my best friend in high school took photos of me in the basement of her house and developed some 8 by 10s for me in our dark room at our high school. And I had them for the Rocket audition that yes. I was going to. And... Don't know what was on my resume, but you know, yeah. like some dance awards or something. <laughs> um, and so he took it and he like folded it up, put it in his pocket, and he was like, "Well, nice to meet you." And then she introduced me to Randy Skinner, the choreographer, who's actually from Columbus, Ohio. As well. Oh, I didn't know him; like he didn't know me. But he and Kelly Barclay, his associate, invited me to come audition for the show a few days later. Then, like it was a Sunday, it was like on a Tuesday to come audition. And so I went. I mean, the party was awesome. Yeah. I was like dancing on the round floor. Oh, wow. And then I've they, never even been there. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so iconic. And yeah. they just reopened it. I think it That's closed for a yeah. while. And yeah, it's really a nice place. I actually want to go have drinks there sometime at their bar just to see it again. I haven't been there since that evening. I think. <laughs> but um, the beginning of your yeah, New York the life. Beginning of my New York life, and they ended up. My friends were in the lobby, and they got in trouble for loitering. They ended up letting my friends come up, and we just danced the night away. And I remember leaving. It was raining outside, and we were just like on the streets of New York, the sidewalks in the rain. Like we don't care. What an amazing night! And then I went to the audition. Actually, I went to the Rockette audition first. Got cut immediately. Oh. And I was so sad, but. The, the story has a good end. Yes, okay, yeah. good. And then I went to the 42nd Street audition. They were having an audition, and it was a male dance call. I had missed the female dance call, I guess. Oh, okay. Like, before, you know, the party. Obviously, I was non-equity, so I waited the whole day. Oh. But I didn't know. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know? So if any non-equity folks are listening, wait. If you couldn't be seen, yes. wait for the, you know, the whole day. So... At the end of the day, it was me and 12 guys doing a hat and cane dance. Meanwhile, because my repertoire was Italian arias, I went to Colony Music, which is not there anymore, bought all that jazz and learned it in my hotel room and choreographed a dance to it. And that was my vocal audition for 40 seconds. choreographed a dance to it? Oh, yes. I had no idea anything about auditioning for a musical at oh. all. So, um, this is a really good story. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. No, my choreographed danced to all that jazz for my vocal audition happened um and at the end of the day it was me and 12 guys doing a hat and cane dance and then that was that and I went home and a month later I got called back to come back to New York for a callback for 42nd Street and so I came to New York for the callback and there were like obviously a lot less people there. Right. And so I did the callback and then I got the call that I got cast in the national tour at 42nd Street. And so after high school, I went on tour when I was 18. Wow. Yeah. So that's where you got your equity card right away? Yeah, I know. And I didn't even understand, like fully understand yeah, anything. I didn't even understand that I was getting paid. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I was just kind of like, what's happening? And um, I ended up, I mean, Probably a great choice, but I ended up understudying Peggy Sawyer, who's from Allentown, Pennsylvania, has no idea what she's doing. Yes. And falls into every, you know what I mean? So it, I was clearly kind of the part. And so on tour, I understudied her and was in the ensemble. And oh, coming round to the story with the Rockettes. Yes. It's a good example of like, you know, when you don't get something or, you know, you're really wanting something and just being open to something else that's in your path. Because I got this, I was so sad about the Rockettes because literally that was my dream, you know. But then I got this and so many girls on tour like put a pause on the Rockettes and were on tour. So there were a lot of Rockettes on tour. Yeah, so in all the cities we would go into like the ballroom of the hotel and they would like train me and teach me Rockette choreography. So at the end of the tour, I came to New York and auditioned again for the Rockettes and I got it. 
So then I officially like moved, moved to New York and was a rock star at Radio City. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's kind of one of those things where you're like, I guess I'm going on a tour, but I really wanted to be a rocket. Not that I guess I'm going on a tour. That was a huge, like, huge thing, thing yeah. to get. But I did end up, yeah, you know, getting the Rockettes as well. It just in a different, in a different path, you know. So, so that's how I got started. <laughs> that's a great story. So then, um, you didn't. If you didn't go to college, what's right. with this whole Buckeye? You have a fascination oh, with Ohio. Yes. I yes. assumed you went to college because I know, right? You're yeah. obsessed with the Buckeyes. Obsessed. It's kind of like if you're born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. It's just part of your life. Okay. You know, it's. I mean, it's part of everyone's wardrobe. When you're at the mall, everyone's in Ohio State sweatshirts. You know what I mean? It's just, my, my mom went to Ohio State. And so it's just like, you're just a Buckeye fan oh, if okay. you're from Columbus. Because it's just like part of the culture in Columbus. Right, okay. You know, I'm sure I made you the Buckeye balls. Like, oh, they're so delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a candy that's a Buckeye. You know, like, it's just like part of the Columbus, Ohio culture. Oh, you okay. Know? Yeah, yeah. So that's where the Buckeye Oh, okay, great. In. Yeah. So yeah. you're... If you didn't have to do additional formal training, your right. formal training that you got at up until age 17 must yeah. have been fantastic. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I what's that quote that like, when hard work and preparation meets luck, you yes. know what I mean? Like, I think it was just, um, I mean, I think it was just, it, it was like the show that I was auditioning for. I'm like a major tapper. I love to tap dance. And so... In the audition, I was like living my life tapping because yes. that's what was required of me. And I can sing because I, you know, I feel like um, it, not that we're old or anything, but oh, it was old. like, a, well, no, but it was like a different, <laughs> yeah. it was, I, I went into the business like right before like University of Michigan, CCM, like all of these like conservatory places were like such a big deal and yes. like so many people were coming to New York from them. I think I was kind of towards the end of just like, the song and dance kind of got like even if you went to school it wasn't so like um there wasn't uh, maybe with social media not too there wasn't so much access right to opportunities in new york you know i didn't really there was no like let's do a workshop in new york and learn from some broadway people you know like there wasn't that kind of opportunity for myself oh no that makes sense yeah Yeah, there's a lot of that now yeah and like or just like ways to prep to be ready to maybe try Broadway or audition like I there was I didn't have any any preparation except that I like to sing and dance and, yes. you know so that was kind of like I feel like kind of after me it became it became I mean I it's amazing I wish I could have like had like such an amazing formal training but then also not because I kind of feel like a mutt in it Yeah, absolutely. I love that you are such a tapper. You've done with White Christmas and 42nd Street. Yeah. uh, Worked with Randy Skinner. Yeah, yeah. Because it seems like there's not a lot of tappers left. No, yeah, yeah. It's an art form. It's an American art form. Yes. But I honestly think it's just not... It's just not taught as much in a dance school. I think it depends on the dance school you go to. And I don't know why. I think it's. I think there's a fear to it. Mm. Um, I teach a lot just because I love to teach tap. And yeah, I've seen I, some of your little clips that you teach. You're, yeah, that you're teaching tap. Yeah, yes. yeah. You know, be, not being in a show right now, it's like I'm. I, you're, we're constantly like we're creative. We're artists. So I'm trying to like have my creative outlet. And also have fun with friends. So every week I've just been running a studio and we all chip in to pay for the studio and I just teach a new tap combination every week. That's great. Yeah. And it's so, it's so fun for me because I love choreographing tap and, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear with tap and, and I, I mean, I don't know why, I guess we're all kind of perfectionists, but like, I don't know if it's like missing a sound. Like I never care if I miss a sound. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I like, I just feel like a lot of people don't anymore and I don't really know the reason why I grew up in such a strong tap studio so the only thing I can think is that it's not um, a form of dance that's stressed at in dance studios it's, I don't know it's, it's yeah. not anymore yeah and even when you take it in here in New York City sometimes like even an advanced beginning it's yeah. too advanced too so, advanced so yeah. I think it's you walk in and you're like you're scared it, yeah you're scared and like and I hate that for tap dancing because it should be, it's so joyful so joyful and like Randy Skinner his tap dancing is so lovely and difficult but not not in the way of like difficult steps he always says 
um, simple is better, you know, and, and it, and it's true. It doesn't have to be, although I love hoofing and I love like Samuel Weber and like, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be scary and fast for you to be like a good tapper and to love it, you know? So I just try to like, I don't know, bring joy to it and like less stress and anxiety. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm a good tapper, but even now when I audition or take class, there's, there is a stress and anxiety that the, yeah. now to it, the joy, the joy is not there. Yeah. Granted, auditions are always yeah. stressful. I mean, when you've auditioned for Stroman, did, did yeah. she make you tap one at a time? Yeah, but I, I secretly like that. Oh. I do. And I don't even care if I mess up. I think just I love it so much. Yeah. And I think that if you are a tapper, you can tell someone's a good tapper by the sounds they're making. Yes. Just like the clarity of them. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. If I mess up, I mess up, but I'm like really loving it, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I secretly am one of those people that they're like, okay, we're gonna do it by ourselves. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, that's good. I know, yeah. So that doesn't bother me right. so much. But yeah, no, I love, I really, really love to tap dance, and I always have. And I guess like the only way you can keep it going is like by making small steps, like me teaching each week and bringing more like joy into the tap and like people enjoying it more. Yeah, I'll have to take your class. Yeah, yes. take. you take. And the only way to get better at tap is to kind of feel humbled by it, like to be pushed. Yes. You know, the only way I get better is if I'm taking a class that I'm barely hanging on by a string. Oh, nice. And then later on I'm like, oh, I pick things up way faster. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's one of those things you just have to like ego at the door and just yeah. go along with it. You know? I actually took a class that was too easy for me recently, oh. but I had a ball because I was able to perform the perform combination. It. Yeah. And it was so weird because I was like, oh, I yeah. the class I took last week was too hard. And mm-hmm. then, but mm-hmm. then I was like, I was I just wanted to tap for fun. Yeah. yeah. So I had to take a level down. Yeah. Which was fine. Fine. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes you just want to do it for the joy. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you made your Broadway debut in Spam a lot, which is uh, where we actually met. From an outsider's point of view, Uh you loved being a swing and you were Uh really, really good at it. Oh, thanks. I appreciate Um, that. But I don't know if that's true or not because swinging is really hard. It's it's really hard. Um, But yeah, I secretly really like it. You do? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's really fun when you get all the tracks down. Okay. You know what I mean? That is like... So fun. Like, I love going on for multiple people and, like, you know, at last minute during show. Like, like when you know the tracks, when, you, when you're still kind of learning them and, like, oh, goodness, where am I going to go? Like, um, that's a little stressful. But, I mean, I, it's always, like, you just prepare as much as you can. And right. you have to just trust that, you know? Yeah. And I remember in Spamalot, I'd never swung before. It was my Broadway debut. You guys had already gotten the show up. I was brand yeah. new. I was 20 and like, hey, yeah. here I am, you know. But I literally, before, every time I would go on, in the beginning, towards the end, all the tracks were like, I got these down. Oh, yeah. Other. In the beginning, I just remember, t- remember telling myself every time I went on, nothing can go wrong because I'm doing what I love right now. Nothing can go wrong. So, and it just calms you. And the calmer you are, the easy, you know, you just... Let things go and let it happen. Nice. You know? So I just feel like nothing so bad could happen. You know what I mean? As long as I don't hurt anyone. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm doing what I love, and I really, truly believe nothing can ha- terrible can happen when you're doing with something you love. You know, so that kind of, like, got me through in the beginning. But I do. I like swinging a lot. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you mentioned with Spamalite, yeah. you, you weren't a replacement. Right. You created yeah. your own. You had your right. own track. It was yeah. The, it was like... My original track, but I wasn't... Yeah, you, in, they add you right after opening. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that must have been kind of kind of weird because you were still part of everything else. Right, yeah. Um, but you weren't considered original cast because you weren't right. a replacement. Yeah. Because even, like, when I joined the tour, uh-huh. they were still they were still the Beth Nicely swing track. You were the oh, tall girl track. interesting, yeah, yeah. The tall girl so swing track, yeah. You, you created that track. Yeah. So it was like, it's it's sometimes I forget. I was like, oh, Beth... Wasn't there from day one? Uh, yeah. Oh, thanks. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you, yeah. you had your own costume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You had your own color creation. Mm-hmm. And that was the same with Lee Wilkins. Mm-hmm. They yeah. added the two of you right after we opened. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, like, thank God. I was like... I, I can't believe you guys only had one swing. Like, one male and one female. That's called cheap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. But then they also added some, some standbys and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, I just remember you just always being, being a joy. 
Oh, um, thanks. But I you never really it. know like what's going on in a person's head. Yeah, they, like, like they're the freaking thing. out. Oh my god. I've seen yeah. some swings that just freak out. Yeah. And then they get on stage and they're fine. They're fine. Yeah. So I just yeah. didn't. I always no. It's weird. That. You learn about yourself, I guess, through doing that. Um, swinging, understanding anything, and I'm like, I've learned I'm like calm in the storm. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, which I'm like, thank goodness, you know. Um, but I'm also a preparer. Like I'm always prepared. Like I like I do the prep work. Therefore, usually things go okay because I've prepared. But I think that everyone should swing or understudy everyone yes. because I'm so glad it was the first thing really I did. You know, and I understudied in 42nd Street, but it was like the first thing I really did on, on Broadway or anything like big. You, in shows, you can tell who's been a swing or not. Right. You know what I mean? You can tell like, and it's, and it's, it's, it makes you a better performer. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you more in the moment and it makes you, not that if you aren't a swing, you're not nice, but you know what I mean? Like a little more lenient on the swings because they're doing the impossible. The impossible. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? Yeah, yeah. Did you go on for Peggy Sawyer? I did. Oh, how I was did. that? It was so fun. I mean, I felt like myself. <laughs> 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 you know, it, it was great. The first time I went on, I only blanked in one number. Blanked, completely blanked. It was getting to be a habit with you. And the number was Peggy Sawyer was blanking on where to go. So my lovely friend James Gray was my dance partner. You had dance oh. partners, and he literally the whole number was like, "Peggy, over here! Peggy, come over here!" Like he literally was like telling me where to go the oh. whole time. So it was very realistic. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise it was so fun. I mean, the fact that like I'm so grateful. Even like even if I would have just only done Forty Second Street to do. Peggy Sawyer and do like a tap solo and sing and dance in a classic musical, like I'm like I'm good. You're yeah, good. I'm good for life, you know. Yes. So yeah, just to be, have had that opportunity is really great. Yeah. So yeah. we mentioned Stroman a little bit earlier. Yeah. So Young Frankenstein mm-hmm. was uh, your first Stroman. Yes. So this is where you actually were a replacement. I was a replacement. And how yes. how was that being put into a show? Is it? Um, it was, so I was, I replaced a swing. Oh no, you, sw- yeah. not oh no, but yeah. like that's a, no, no, so I know, like it is just, kind of like, oh, okay. So you didn't yeah. have to learn one track, you had yeah, to go seven. in. seven. Seven. Yeah, seven tracks, yeah. Because um, in Spamalot it was six, but it was three major. Or was um, it? It was all six, it but, was, but I didn't go on a lot for the shorter girls. There were like two shorter, two medium, and two tall girls in that. And um, I went on for everyone, but I went on more for the Oh, so six, but still going up to seven yeah. is a lot. So yeah, going up to seven. And I had been in Spam a lot like three and a half years, and I hadn't learned like a show. You know what I mean? Like I took dance class, but I hadn't. I remember being like, oh, this is learning a show again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like all of these tracks. I just got my brain wrapped around it and, and just like a different aspect of swinging. In Young Frankenstein, there were character folk and then dancer gals um and so i covered all of them oh and so for me it was a really cool i love learning i love growing i never think that i'm amazing at everything and so i love when i get work that i really grow from it the character folk have this really hard quintet harmony yeah you know and i was like okay so you know i'm gonna learn i like I like drilled both, there were two ladies in this quintet and I drilled both of their vocal parts and like knew them, knew them. And then like, it was a busy quintet. So like, as you're singing, you're, you're moving props and stuff like that. And I felt, I feel like that was like the most amazing thing I've ever done in my swing career. (laughs) And it was like, you know, just because like when you go on for the first time, you know, that quintet and rehearsals have rehearsed that to a T. Yes. You know what I mean? And you're just like jumping in there with your vocals and making sure you get all these props and doing all these things at the same time. So I loved that. That was, I mean, it was a scary challenge, but I loved that challenge vocally. And unfortunately, as I was learning the show, they got their closing notice. Oh. Yeah, so I would I I literally had seven tracks to learn and it was closing in a month. So the motivation that I had to give myself to keep continuing learning the tracks all the way to the end of the run, I like never gave up. I just kept learning all the tracks because that's my job. Yes. You know. And but that was hard knowing that I was learning all of this with only, <laughs> with only a month to go but you know like 
I went on for the first time for one girl the Friday before the Sunday they closed. We closed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and I was smart. prepared. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to do your work. And again, it was a challenge. And I did it. And I was, like, very proud of myself for completing. I went on for more character ladies than dancer ladies, which was really fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 which was interesting and really um, fun. But, yeah, that was a really great challenge, swinging-wise. Yeah. You know, it's, like, my second Thing. My second Broadway show, like the next thing was like seven swinging, swinging seven gals and jumping in and replacing a swing. But the cast was great. Yeah. We had a great time. Yeah. Well, doing your work obviously paid off because Stroman cast you in Bullets. Yeah, were, yeah. Were you swinging Bullets? No, I was, on, I, was, I was on stage. Would it have been a swing? Would have been fun, Oh, absolutely. Right? But, no, she's, yeah. she's a goddess to me. Yeah, she's, uh, oh, she's like when, the classiest yeah. lady. I mean, oh, when I she when she agreed on. to do this podcast, I know I, I listened to that I, one. I love it. I flipped it. out. She actually approached me and said, "She's like, I haven't listened to your podcast." And I was shocked, and she's like, oh, "I was like, people say nice things about yeah. you." And she jokingly, she's like, "They better." Uh, like, yeah. and, then, and then winked. It's so bizarre that when I hit her up to do it, she had already listened. Yeah. I think her and Terry Rubin are good friends. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's how. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming. Well, I don't know. Um, you're pretty fantastic, Brenda. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things about Stroman shows is yeah. I think. Being a female in a Stroman show, uh-huh. it's like one of the Stroman girls, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Stroman has a way of glorifying the woman, and she doesn't do it, but in tracks like that, uh-huh. it almost co- becomes objectifying women. How oh. does it go from presenting women in a good way yeah. without objectifying them? Right. Because sometimes an audience member, especially a male audience yeah. member, yeah. are objectifying them. Right, yeah. So yeah. it's, how does that line get towed? You know what? I think it's all about... Because Susan Stroman, she's an amazing director choreographer. And I think when, like with my experience, when you dance, when I naturally dance, I tend to love to feel sexy and feel like a woman. You know what I mean? And I think there's, um, and she lets you, like Bullets Over Broadway, I loved dancing that show. Like everything about it, I felt like, this like amazing, confident, sexy woman on stage and very classy and mm-hmm. it's so tasteful, you right. know, like it's so classic. I think it's just more like if that is ever thought, it's in the eye of the beholder. Right. You know, because I love it. You know what I mean? Like I love being presented in that way. Yes. And I think I would, I mean, I'm speaking for everybody, you know, all of the gals that you know, yeah. or in bullets or whatever, feel the same exact way. Because like, there's a difference between it. being sexy and sexual. Yes. yes, sexy and sexual. That's a good point. Susan Stroman is so classy, and even when you rehearse with her, I feel like I'm like I would. I want her the air, like the air about her. I'm like I love it. I want to like pull up and and just the way you move when you do her choreography, you feel sexy not sexual yes you know what i mean in a very classy way i love it i take like deb roche jazz at steps and her choreography is very sexy the room is packed yeah beautiful women you know what i mean yes we love to dance like that it's like an it's in us it's like a nature in us you know it's also empowering it's empowering it's very empowering because you're embracing yourself and how you feel when you dance and so i think it's probably just more if anything is thought in like a like a, a sexual way it's more of like the eye of the beholder yes i, I think i know yeah. i completely yeah. agree yeah. yeah we talked about this one of my questions for you was not only the objectifying of yeah. women but like yeah. dealing with sexual harassment oh yeah and you told me that you I haven't i know which is thrilling i'm yeah. so happy yeah. for that yeah because i you know i, mean, I wasn't sure because you are uh, a beautiful woman oh, thanks. and I know right. like on top of your talent that is part of your castability no yeah um, yeah you have um, to be like realistic if you're like okay this is my type yes. you know like and I saw yeah. you like I'm Jimmy Fallon you're yeah. like ah, <laughs> what are these these beautiful girls yeah, yeah. so when I yeah. was researching you I was like oh I wonder like if she's ever been sexually harassed yeah I don't know you know it's interesting too I feel like I mean you know me my personality is a little more quirky <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really ever be I never like I am a beautiful like model women you know like I'm like a little more quirky so I like maybe I've just been so lucky where like shows and and where I've worked that it's I've never experienced yeah you know but I know obviously it happens right but it's also a good example I think young girls think that that card is a card they have to play the the sex card yeah yeah and obviously you don't yeah Yeah, you can be a smart talented beautiful woman have a great career yeah without having to play that card no not at all yeah granted people get put in 
put in that situation. Right. Um, yeah. Not not willingly. Yeah. But they don't have to. No. You know? No. And I mean, I mean, if you want to do that, you that's your thing. Yeah. But yeah, you never have to feel like you need to put on anything. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's always best to be true to yourself. Which is whether great. that is very sexual or yes. not. You, you know, know? I, mean, yeah. I think just be true to yourself. Yeah. Now, and, some women have yeah. sexual is a great weapon for them. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. you walk in the room and you're like, you're oh, like, oh, I, oh, she has her cards out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. everyone yeah. being yourself, I think, is mm-hmm. is really what's most important. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I know when you got engaged because uh-huh. your name is Beth Johnson <laughs> uh-huh. and you are known for being nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then your new last name is nicely. Yeah. You seem like you haven't changed much, but has uh-huh. the negativity and the this business darkened your light at all? Um, I'm going to be completely honest and not, like, you know, lie. It's going to definitely <laughs> bring you down a little bit, yeah. you know. And that's okay because that's part of it. I think it's how you deal with it. Mm. And I don't think it's... I think that's why I'm still here. I fill my life with so many other things and so many other outlets that I don't think about it so much. It's sad not getting a show or, or um, work that you really want or are passionate yeah. about. You know, the no's are hard. And sometimes you get no's with feedback that's really not great, you know, yeah. for, your, for your confidence. <laughs> but I think that it's just a part of the business that you have to accept. And I think the, the longer I've been in the business, you realize it's out of your hands and it's not really about you. Mm-hmm. I think the sooner you know that, and are okay with that, the better, instead of being like, oh, but I don't know, is it, maybe I need to be a redhead, or maybe I need to, you know, like, yes. you need to just be yourself. I always say, work hard, expect nothing, and then live your life. You have to have other outlets. Like, I'm a fitness trainer, I have a dessert blog, I'm married, I have a dog that I'm obsessed with. You know, like, yes. I have so many other things going on, and this is obviously, like, my love. I love musical theater, I love performing. But I think the more your outside life is filled and your soul is filled in that way, I think the stronger you are to be able to handle the darkness of the business. No, I you know I agree. It's yeah. nice for me to learn from people like you that yeah. you know I assume that like oh she goes from Broadway show to Broadway show no. she doesn't have any yeah. darkness in her. Yeah, um, before Bullets Over Broadway, I couldn't get any work for like four years. What? Yeah, I know. I know it seems like that. I know it seems like. Oh, she's going from this to that. But I literally did, in those four years, I think I did like two productions at Cape Playhouse, like one in Summers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then towards the end of the four years, I did Rockettes again. Okay. But I was a Rockette when I was 20, and I auditioned four years in a row, twice a year, until I got it again when I was 28. Yeah. So it's not like... I know it seems like, yes. you know, and then Bullets Over Broadway came along. And I remember, like, walking outside the St. James and, like, seeing the Bullets Over Broadway, like, you know, outside the theater and being like, I will, I will always be so thankful for this. I will never, ever, not that I do complain, ever complain about anything ever. I feel so lucky to be here right now. Yeah. Because... You know, first of all, there are lots of people that are, are still just trying to get something yes. after years and years. Or just get seen. Get seen. Like I said, it's like four years. I barely got any work. And talk about the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Talk about like, oh my gosh. I have to just be open to life. That's when my friend called me to see if I wanted to audition to be a fitness trainer at the studio that was opening. And I was like, I've never thought about that but I like being physically active I don't have any job well that's so I have two questions for you like before you started we were talking about social media yeah and you said oh I follow all these food places (laughs) and I want to go eat Italian yeah Yeah. but then you and Amanda Klutz also Mm -hmm. have uh your dessert thing and Uh I was watching the cupcakes and everything like that yeah your your body's ridiculous (laughs) but then you talk about food and blogs and eating So, how do you combine that? Is that with Body by Simone? Body by Simone, yeah. I, so, you eat the cupcakes and then go work out? Oh, yeah. Or after. <laughs> or, you know, either, you know. Because you don't but, look like you eat the, the stuff. But then, I know. then you're like, this restaurant and this restaurant. Yeah. I was like, no, I guess she does eat yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Well, when I, I didn't have any work and I went to this audition for Body by Simone, I was like, um, I guess I'll audition. I don't have anything coming up. 
been a few years, <laughs> you know, so I went and auditioned and then I remember Simone of Body by Simone was interviewing me and I just was like, I put it out on the table. I was like, I just want to let you know that I'm not going on any funny diets. Like there's going to be no, like, I need to do this kind of eating if I'm like a trainer here. I have a dessert blog. I eat everything and anything that I want and I work out and work really hard physically to be able to do that. And of course she loved that. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it's, it's a great, like it's, it's an awesome place. And then I was hired. Oh, <laughs> so that's good, you know? <laughs> and then, and then I, you know, it's been my saving grace ever since when I don't, you know what I mean? I, when I'm in a show, I still work there. When I'm out of show, I work there even more. So it's like a saving grace of mine. And I'm so strong. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I've become a better dancer because I've been a trainer there. I, I noticed like after I started training there uh, and I would take tap and be like, oh my gosh, my legs are so strong. I can, I'm like a better tapper. You oh, know? wow. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And like, and injury wise, you know, I'm, I'm like, I can adapt to so many kinds of choreography and auditions and know I'm not going to injure myself and know I'm going to be strong doing it because my core is everything's strong so I can adapt to different choreography well just from being strong and as a dancer growing up you never think about like oh I should probably like do leg exercises or you know all that kind of stuff in my mind I was like I don't know it's going to make me more tired for dance class is what I would think yeah yeah it's going to make me more tired for the show for the show totally but it actually makes you stronger so then you don't injure yourself you're doing something other than the show because you usually get injured by repetition yes you know and so i've become like a better dancer and a better performer a better teacher just from being at the studio it's the same thing with the 42nd street and not getting raquettes yeah and then it's like it's like i wasn't getting any shows i became a trainer at this place and now i'm a better dancer for it you know and so it it's been awesome, and I can eat whatever I want. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess going into something rotten, then you were in really good yeah. shape. Yeah, yeah. Just yes. that one number. It's it's a musical. Yes. Was a workout. Yeah, I think I don't know if a lot of people like realize that show with like our gowns were twenty pounds, and we were in a corset in three heels, and singing like the vocals. There weren't like a lot of rests. Yeah. Between like yeah. phrases while we were dancing, that show was so hard, stamina wise, physically, everything. Yeah. And I mean, I loved it. I love you know the challenge or whatever. But but I was like in good shape, thank thankfully to be able to do it. Well, you have a lot of repeat people that you work for. I mean, Strowman twice, Randy Skinner twice. Now this is Casey Nicola twice. Yeah. So on top of your talent, you must yeah. also have something else being good to work with and bring stuff to the table. Well, I think so. Because, I mean, <laughs> I <hope> so. <laughs> I mean you're, you're worth that thick and everything like that is also good. How was it working with Casey again? It was amazing. I did Spamalot and then Minsky's and oh, then right. Robin and the Seven Hoods. Oh, you did but Robin and the Seven I saw yeah, that. Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was my second Broadway show. With right. Me. I love him. I love him. Yeah. I mean, it always stems from the top. Exactly. If the top person is awesome and positive and like, support it like it always sends then the whole company everyone is just happy i mean we felt like donuts one day in rehearsal for something rotten and casey got us all dunkin donuts you know nice it's like how that's amazing yeah. you know like you're in a broadway rehearsal and it's like let's have a donut break everybody <laughs> you oh. know what i mean no it's it's so fun um casey's amazing because he was in the ensemble of Broadway yes. shows. He trusts his ensemble. Yeah, that's how I met him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he trusts his ensemble. And just that trust you get from the head honcho, you feel respected. Mm-hmm. I think you get better performances from people when you do that. When I he's, agree. You know? yeah. So, yeah, he's just awesome to work with. And he's so quick. Yep. You fix things so quick. Yeah. You know, make decisions so quick and they're awesome decisions. So I think you have disappointments when you're not working, but yeah. then when you are working, there's yeah. huge disappointments. Like yeah. Minsky's didn't come in. Yeah. And you worked on Top Hat and that yep, didn't come that in. Didn't come in. Robin and the Seven Hoods. Didn't come in. Fun. And then yeah. even something rotten should still be running. Um, yeah, I know. It should be still running. Even yeah. bullets over Broadway. Yeah. These are different things that are great successes for you personally and yeah. then somehow or another the audience doesn't accept it. How, then that's a whole different level. That's a whole different. And I can add to that. Funny Girl, I was in that two oh. weeks before rehearsal started. 
It was canceled. Oh my god! And then I was also cast in Funny Thing Happened on the Way of the Forum Revival. Then that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many. Is that when you go eat all your desserts? Yes. <laughs> I go have, like, my favorite chocolate cake and everything. The world is great. <laughs> Again, it's another one of the things that's part of the business. Mm -hmm. And you just try to focus and do 100% and a great job at what you're doing in the moment. Because you just never know. You just never know what's mm -hmm. going to happen and what's not going to happen. I think you just try to enjoy the people and what you're doing in the moment. And then when it's like over, it's it's like a death a little bit. It is. Not like fully, but yeah. it's something that will never happen again. And I felt, especially like Bullets Over Broadway, it lasted such a short time. And I loved it so much that that was like tragic. You know what I mean? Oh, and I bet. was like really really sad about that and something rotten should have lasted way longer I did get like a good fill of it because I was in it from the very beginning mm. so it was like a few years of my life but still like very very sad when it's over yeah I think that makes you closer with people too like the cast they become your family and then it's like the family's been separated forever like that same group of people will never be together again right you know and so you I don't know you just kind of like for me it's better for me to just keep moving forward mm. you know what I mean just keep moving forward still think back a little bit even though it makes you like it makes me sad you know like thinking about doing something rotten it like makes me sad because it was such a joy in yeah. my life but there's a million other joys to be had in life you know yes there are so you go forward and just create those joys so this is a silly question yeah <clears throat> in men dressing rooms we always joked about the fact that like why are girls so mean to each other <laughs> yeah. so i'm just curious why are girls so mean to each other i mean not, I not, not, not always not but i hear, always. I hear yeah. that happens i don't know it's like mean girls the movie right yes it's like i don't know is it something like like female-y like clicky or like I don't know. It's I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. Because I'm usually like, like a mediator. I'm like a mediator in my family. I'm a mediator. Like well, so, I'm just been like a yeah. raised mediator. So I don't know. I, is it egos? Is it? Mm. Uh, it's that's a good question. Because I'm even. I have a 13 year old niece. I'm even yeah. seeing it starting with her. Interesting. So it yeah. is like a. I can't imagine. You know, I mean, <clears throat> all of you. In a, in a Broadway dressing room if there's cat Yeah, dogs. no, it's, I mean, you know, Broadway dressing rooms are interesting because you're around those people more than your family and you're in a tight space. Mm. Um, and uh, so, eight flights of stairs or something um, crazy. And, uh, yeah, and you're like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's natural to, like, have moments here right, and there yeah. with people. Sometimes people can't handle it that well and go into, like, and land of negativity, you know, and you just kind of have to deal with it. I guess it, you, I guess it would be the same as if you're like in a cubicle with, you know, yeah, like I guess so. people. But, but you don't have to stand in your bra and panties in a cubicle. No, that's true. I guess. That's true. Yeah. What is it? I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I'm so not like that, so I don't really, I don't know, like, but it happens. It really happens. Yeah. Well, it's better to yeah. be the mediator than be involved. Yeah. I think. I think so too. Yes. Yeah. So. Because uh, there's no reason not to support everyone and what they do. You know, like and just oh, be. Well, there's like, to me, there's no reason at all. You know. Oh, like, I, I I agree. I just always I try not to gossip, but every once in a while, people will gossip about yeah. like girl dressing rooms, and so yeah. Of course, I listen. Yeah. <laughs> to the gossip, but I never like know like what it's about. Yeah, it's always so, hard to not be in the gossip. Oh, I know, because right? you're yeah. like, what is it about? So. Being a Rockette was mm -hmm. a dream that you achieved, and also being a Broadway dancer. Yes. What are the two biggest differences between those two types oh. of performing? The Rockettes, it's a very specific thing that you have to do in the Rockettes, and you have to be just like everybody else, so it's very particular. Mm. Very detailed, particular. It's very hard to do that, especially if you, if you are a Broadway performer too. It's hard to be like, toe the line on number 26 and then have your head tilted 45 degrees this way and you're you know like it's mm. it's very hard but it looks amazing on yeah. stage you know what I mean yeah. like the world famous precision dance line it looks amazing so you have to be even like even in your face everything has you can't be everyone has to be kind of on the same plane for it to be a world famous precision right. dance line it's interesting because even at the ethnicities all seem to blend yeah. into each other yeah which yeah. is weird all of a sudden yeah. i'll be like oh my god there's five black girls up there yeah but yes. from from afar it mm -hmm. everyone looks the same yeah it's weird because it's so so specific 
literally like move your arm down like an inch more specific so everyone looks exactly the same so it probably yeah it gives you that same thing with the line it's five six to five ten and a half but it looks the same height because the taller gals are in the center and the shorter gals are on the end so right. it gives you the illusion so it's like everything is very particular and precise it's very athletic not that broadway isn't athletic it's like you have to do it five times a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you do a lot of shows a week, so you kind of eat, sleep, and breathe rockets. But it's amazing because it's beautiful. I think oh, it's like yes. so beautiful, and it's it's such a unique thing that you don't really see. You know, it's like the only thing in, of what it is. Yeah. You know, and Broadway's like I don't know. I feel like Broadway's my inner self because you're like <laughs> just living life. You oh, know, yeah. like. Being a character, having a story. Even though I enjoy the Rockettes, I think my inner self is more like the yeah. shows I'm, you know, on Broadway that I've done. Yeah. You so know? of your great career, if you had to pick yeah. one or two moments that you're like, <clears throat> this is something I'm so proud of, what stands out? I have to say probably my Broadway debut was Spam Alive. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't really top a Broadway debut. No, you, know, you like, can't. And when I bowed, I was on for Jen Frankel. Oh. And when I bowed and Tim Curry like stepped aside from the principal line and brought me forward and it was, I was like, <sighs> you know, and it was like my first time on Broadway ever, you know? So, I mean, you can't really talk no, that. Can't. I mean, I've enjoyed everything I've done so much, but momentous thing. I mean, probably recently, Something Rotten mm. was like my very first original Broadway show. Not based off a movie, not, you know, like it was original. Like I kind of, in my small little bit, helped create it. Yes. And within that, it was the first time I'd ever played a lead on Broadway. Like I understudied Portia towards oh. the end of the run and went on and I, it was the first time I'd ever played a lead on Broadway. So I think that's pretty much That's wonderful. I didn't realize yeah, that. Oh, that's yeah, so great. Yeah. So I think both of those, I think those were like kind of for me life-changing yes. moments, you know, that I'm so grateful for. But I mean, everything I'm grateful for. Everything. When it, like, you know, anytime you get a Broadway show, uh, or like it's like, it is a moment. It is a moment. You know moment. what I mean? Yeah. In, in, I will never, ever feel like it's just like, oh, is this my next show, Broadway show? You know what I mean? Or like, take it for granted at all. Me neither. You know? I get I, excited about callbacks for Broadway shows now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. And it's huge. I remember the audition for Cats, and it was like lines out yes. on the street. And I remember I was obviously in Something Rotten at the time, and I literally, the big musical number where we all come out tap dancing, the big tap break. Yes. Living the life. I literally was like, I'm dedicating this performance to all of those people standing outside waiting to be seen for cats like all of those dancers because it is hard and you know like we're always humbled like I auditioned while I was in something rotten but it's like something rotten closes and then automatically you are back in the hustle of auditions yeah and it is so hard like I I have so much respect for myself as well as Everyone who is auditioning all the time for everything and even more respect for everyone that's getting a million no's but still auditioning for yes. everything because it is so hard and you have to have a strong backbone to, you know, <laughs> you know, yes. to, to do it and you have to really love it and you kind of have to just be committed to it, you know? Yes. Because everyone has a different path, and it's like um, Elizabeth Early, who was in Something Rotten, he's like, it was like 14 years in the business, and Something Rotten was her Broadway debut. Wow. Yeah, but it happened. Yes, you know what it, I mean? Yeah. And so if you really love it, you just gotta keep going and try to find people that inspire you, and just like keep working hard, and just remind yourself that you, as an artist and as a performer, are growing from your hard work, you know? And... Whew, it is hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> the audition world is no joke. 
it's easier to be on Broadway than in the audition world, I think. Uh, I agree. <laughs> you know, so uh, props to yes. all of us auditioning, yes. right? <laughs> well, thank you so much. Of your, course. Your, your last name is fitting. You are very nicely. Uh, you're uh, very nicely, too. Well, right, thank you. Uh, what song um, from your life or your career would you love to end this podcast with? Anyone who knows me and is listening to this is going to laugh as I say Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. I love that. The Judy yeah. Kuhn or the Vanessa Williams? Uh, the Judy Kuhn. Okay. Yes. Wow, I yeah. knew both those. Um, yeah. I know. That's really impressive. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm shocked, actually. Yeah. I just love that song. It makes me so happy. I've been singing it since I got the cassette tape thing when I was little. There's just something about it that's like, you know, at the end of all of this, it's really... The colors of the wind that matter, you know, that all of the little things in life that matter. And we get so wrapped up in what we're doing, you know, otherwise that you're like, wait a minute, it, it's just the simple little things that matter. So I like singing a lot. Well, then that's perfect. <laughs> Thank you very much. Of course, yeah. You think you own whatever land you land on. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim. But I know every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. I think the only people who are people are the people who look and think like you. But if you walk the footsteps of a stranger, you'll learn things you never knew, you never knew. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you sing with all the voices of the mountain? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Can you paint with all the colors of the Only